0: Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers.
1: Have you ever faced an insurmountable barrier? Perhaps you've finished working on a draft of your book and you've got back a lot of critical feedback and you're not sure what to do or how to work your way through it. Or perhaps you're training for a long distance event like a marathon and the first 20 miles have gone Okay. But now you just want to stop and the last thing you want to do is to finish the race. Or perhaps you're facing a challenge in work which just leaves you burnt out at the end of the day and with no time for other creative projects. Well, if you're struggling with barriers like these at work or in your personal life or with your creative projects, there's a finished concept or idea that may help you solve that problem. It's called SISU. And basically, this is a concept that means a strength of will, determination and perseverance. It's a little bit like stoicism. The Finnish author Joanna Nieland delves into this concept in her excellent book Sisu, The Finnish Art of Courage, which was published in 2018 and has been translated into many different languages. I recently had the chance to catch up with Joanna and in this interview she explains what exactly Sisu is, how this Finnish concept can help you become a better entrepreneur or writer or author, her process for writing the book Sisu, why she uses so many visual elements in her book, and how photography informs her creative work. But I started by asking Joanna how she went about explaining a Finnish concept outside of her native country.
0: Well, basically what I say in the book is that it's untranslatable using just one word. So I would use several. I would would describe it as a kind of courage, as resilience, as a kind of tenacity, Sort of go go get an attitude that you plug into when you come up against a really difficult crisis or or a difficult place in your life. So it, it's a it's a concept that has a lot of different layers. And even in Finland, I think you would find people who understand different things by sisu, but it's kind of all under that umbrella of of courage and tenacity and resilience.
1: And you describe in the book about how there are three S's in Finland, and C CISO is <laughs> one of the three S's yeah <laughs> what well, what are the other two s's
0: the other two if i if I can remember correctly because there are several different variations on it, but I think it's Sibelius, our famous composer, and then it's uh, Salmiakki, which is this uh really strange, very black licorice kind of sweet that we absolutely adore and nobody else really understands
1: yeah I haven't, I haven't had it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can really find it outside of Finland it's that unpopular everywhere else
1: I'll look first when I'm in Finland <laughs> yeah, do that. How, how have people reacted outside of Finland to the concept of Sisu
0: The reaction has been really, really positive. I mean, I've had, the the book came out last year and I've had such a huge amount of feedback from from different countries. It's been translated now into 10 languages. And I think a lot of people are just contacting me to ask, you know, what is it and and how can we use it? And and what do you think about it? And, and, you know, all these things. So as a cultural concept, I think it's kind of spreading and, and it's also been fairly unknown outside of Finland, which is probably one of the reasons why people are now finding it so interesting to discover.
1: So if I've, let's say, started a business and you know, I'm having trouble with cash flow, for example, or finding customers, how could I use this concept to get around that problem?
0: Well, you can apply it sort of. It's, it's kind of a life attitude that you would apply to anything pretty much. But I would say you would probably apply it to just, you know, not giving up, trying to, to reach inside yourself for that extra mile, you know, for that extra tenacity to just keep going and not give up, which is, I think, a quality that you, you really do need when you're in business.
1: Yeah, uh, I suppose another example that would stand out is, you know, the idea of a, an endurance athlete who perhaps mm-hmm. finds the first 10 or 15 miles of a marathon quite difficult, but then they could use this concept to, to complete the marathon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's like CISO is the reserve fuel tank, you know, that you tap into when, when all your other strength is gone, basically.
1: Okay, okay. And um, how did you find writing the book? But like, I, know, I noticed on your Instagram channel, you were saying that you're a photographer as well. So it sounds like you brought together, you know, some different professional experiences to write this book.
0: Yeah, I suppose. But I think I think mostly I just used my experience as a Finn. I think it was the thing about CISO is, you know, we, we've had it in Finland for like at least 500 years, probably a lot longer. And it's something that is so ingrained in our culture that the regular Finn would never stop to think, what is it and how do I define it and so on. And I was just like that. I, I was using it all the time and I was using the Word in, in conversation and so on, but I, I wasn't really thinking about what all it entailed. So writing the book, I had to really sit down for the first time and actually think about it for myself. Okay, what are all the different aspects of it, and how, as well, what kind of application does it have in modern life? I mean, in Finland, we find it extremely useful, but but I was also trying to relate it to modern phenomena such as business and integrity and you know being online and all these kinds of more sort of modern aspects and and marry them to this historical concept and how it's served us in the past.
1: And did it take you long to do that, to write the first draft?
0: Not really, no. No, I think, I think like I said, a lot of it is kind of just there. You just need to sit down and, and think about it. And it was an interesting experience for me as a writer to to write about something that is so close to me culturally and still is quite unexplored because I think I might mention in the book as well that, that we in Finland, we don't really have any books about So It's been mm. like extremely... It's just something we take for granted. And, and it's only now that it is, it's also raising a lot of interest in Finland. And, and my book was translated to Finnish, which is kind of funny because there hasn't been any any popular science books about CISO since the 1980s. So there was kind of that need as well. And I've talked about it a lot in Finland, which is a bit odd and funny, but there you go.
1: <laughs> so, so so, what language did you write the book in originally? English. Oh, in English. Okay, okay. Yeah and the book itself is quite colorful there's lots of pictures and illustrations and so on how did you go about creating those or did you work with a designer
0: um i worked with a a designer and my publisher was kind of in charge of putting together pictures and and illustrations and then just you know asking me okay what what do you think about this and how do we how do we approach this so it was kind of a teamwork with a a really talented group of people who who put together the illustrations and uh, my publisher octopus books they're sort of specialized in in illustrated books and this was I'm really happy that this turned out to be an illustrated one because I think it gives a lot more sort of gravitas to the the concept this way.
1: Yeah, it feels like a book that kids and young adults could embrace too.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, just people today who are very, you know, our our attention spans are very short. And I think people are kind of attracted to a book that you can just pick up and, you know, look at and it's got some interesting pictures on every page and so on. And you can read bits here and there and you don't have to read it in in sequence either. So I think it's it's a good book for the modern human being.
1: And when you were writing the book, did you have a set routine for working on your ideas?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I think, I think the first thing I did was just to structure the book to sort of make sure that I had everything planned out, what I want to, to include and how I want to include it and what I want to say. And then I was basically just using that, that structure to sort of put flesh on the bones in a way. And that that worked really well for me. Also with illustrated books, you have to kind of think about the pictures and illustrations as you go along. So it's quite different from writing another type of book, I imagine.
1: Okay. You have an interesting section about finding your voice in the book. Mm. I was wondering, is is that something you you could elaborate on?
0: Are you referring to my personal story of...
1: Yeah. uh, Well, it's a section, I think it's around chapter two or chapter three, where you are talking about learning how and national communication norms are one thing.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I think, I was saying something uh, along the lines that, of course, you have a, a national culture, but then we all know that we have family cultures, and and families can relate quite differently to each other, even within the same culture. And mine was. Mine was a, had a culture of extreme politeness and we just didn't really, you know, conflicts of course existed, but we didn't really deal with them. It was just kind of sweeping them under the rug and then, you know, you sulk for a bit and then, then you're friends again and that kind of thing. So I wasn't really good at, at conflict resolution at all until I, I had my first boyfriend, poor guy, who was, you know, and I, I kind of learned how to to argue constructively for things and just well, basically just to solve conflicts. And solving conflicts, I think, in general, is something that Finns are quite good at. So that's why I sort of put it in there as a sort of a thing Mm. that, you know, it doesn't necessarily come naturally.
1: Yeah, it feels like it's it's a good skill to have in the workplace too. Perhaps you have a conflict with, with a colleague or a boss or something like that.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And how did your work as a photographer influence the way you put together the book?
0: Well, probably in the sense that I'm a visual person, so I'm thinking about how text and and images go together. I didn't actually use any of my own photographs for the book, but I I did have sort of a, a pretty clear idea about what I wanted them to represent and sort of the diversity and different kinds of, you know, nature pictures and all that. And I think nature especially is something I photograph A lot, and it's also something that is very important for for Finns. It's it's very close to our hearts, and uh, so it's it's uh, no coincidence that the book is pretty much full of Mm. different kinds of nature pictures.
1: Have you embarked on any other writing projects like this?
0: Uh, Well, I'm working on something right now, actually, and it's coming out early next year. So so this will be my my second book.
1: Okay, do you find the writing process takes long?
0: Yes and no. I think the thinking process usually takes quite a bit. But again, I think I'm a fairly unstructured person myself. So I just kind of know myself well enough that when I get the structure in place, it's much easier to sort of think based on that. So I think that's the big hurdle. But then actual writing is something I very much enjoy and provided that I have enough time to do it, it's always a joy to to do that. So it's a bit of both.
1: So, so do you find that the creative process for photography is, is similar to the creative process for
0: writing? I think with photography, I just... Because I don't really... Um, I do some journalistic work as a photographer, but aside from that, I don't really have, you know, paying customers. I sort of work more in the fine art photography, trying to develop it as an art form for myself. So so at the moment, at least, it's very much just a, a joy for me. And I pick my own projects and I decide what I want to do. So I feel very free in it and, and I don't have a lot of constraints. So maybe there, I I think I'm a bit more intuitive than when I'm writing, where I have to be more structured.
1: Yeah. And speaking of structure, what do you think an ideal early morning routine should look like for for somebody who wants to embrace Sisu or even write a book about something like Sisu?
0: An early morning routine? Hmm. Or even
1: your early morning routine.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, it's pretty structured. It's pretty much the same, which kind of goes against my sort of natural personality, which is a lot more all over the place. But it's not really where I thrive. It's not really where I can make the most of my gifts and my energy and so on. So I try to provide a good structure for myself and and have pretty much the same routines like every day, you know, breakfast at the same time, start work at the same time and put up a few rules for myself. And this is important because I work by myself. So I have to be Leading myself in the sense that you know, I, I sort of I don't use social media, for instance, during the day. Yeah. I log on at the end of the day because I know that if I if I get going down that road, you know, I'm not going to be able to to actually do what I have set out to do. So I think setting up a target for every day work wise is something that is really essential for me.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's interesting because your Instagram channel is is fairly active. I as a photographer, you know that, that that's mm-hmm. understandable. So, yeah. so like, I was just curious. You talked there about a target what will be some examples of a target that you would set or even that somebody listening you know, might be a creative?
0: Right, yeah. Well, I think doing creative things is perhaps even more dangerous to, because you can so easily just kind of go off on a tangent and not, not sort of accomplish things. And still, I think if your idea and notion is to be moving forward with your work or, or just even just to, to develop your skills, I think it's, it's really, really important to have some goals and even if it's just for yourself, and I think that's that's the part where it gets dangerous because you might easily feel that I'm just doing this for me at this stage. So it's not so important. It doesn't really matter how I, I do it, but I think it does. I think having this kind of like certain part goals, at least that you have, that you want to accomplish this by this time and so on can be really vital to your development in your creative field. And also with the whole aspect of discipline, like I said, I think creative people are usually not the most disciplined, at least what I've found. So that can be a challenge as well. I don't know if that answers your question. but
1: It does. It does. Okay. And, and, and Towards the end of the book, you actually talk about how you wondered if you were the right person to write this book. And I think that's yeah. <laughs> a common belief that many writers have when they embark on a project. So, so how did you, you know, get over that limiting self-belief or how, how did you decide, you oh, know, I'm going to write it anyway?
0: Well, I I wrote the book sort of knowing that Sisu is this kind of, you know, also partly this kind of daredevil character trait, you know, that mountaineers and these adventurers, that's kind of the the image that a lot of people conjure up when they hear the word Sisu. And and I, of course, didn't, you know, see essential as well i think to the message of the book is that it's it's not something that is the prerogative of only of people who want to climb mount everest you know it's it's something that every person has and every person can can utilize and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be sort of outwardly big it can be big for you you know to reach a goal and for instance or to overcome some kind of challenge in your personal life i mean we all have our own mountains to climb and i think that's that's basically the the thing that convinced me that I am as, you know, as suitable for writing this book as anybody else would be. So I answered my own question that way.
1: I like that. I like that. <laughs> and when it came to I suppose marketing and selling the book, you know, it's it's an unusual title and concept, you know, to explain to an English audience. So yeah. how did you go about promoting the book?
0: Well, I I had a lot of help from my publisher. So they kind of took the reins at that stage and arranged, you know, for lots of different Interviews for me and and kind of I suppose also banking on the fact that that these these Nordic phenomena they they get quite a lot of traction and and it's it's always interesting especially I think to a UK and Great British audience to to uh, to explore a new Nordic thing and a new mm. Nordic phenomenon so I think I think I was kind of standing on the shoulders of giants in, in a sense because you had Hugo, you know the Danish word for you know how to make yourself happy yeah. <laughs> The Simplified yeah. Way and, and logom came out just before me and, and all these things. So I think it was easy in that sense that it's kind of a, you know, it, it was a good time for, for that kind of book to come out. But of mm-hmm. course, I've tried to, I've done a, a little bit of marketing myself as well, but, but not that much, actually, because my publishers were so great just setting things up for me. So I just basically said yes to everything, you know, <laughs> every interview, every, every yeah, contact. Yeah. So, and that, that was a good decision.
1: And who has the book resonated most with, or is there any particular type of people that have been in touch with you about the book?
0: Yeah, there's been lots of different kinds of people, but I think one thing they probably have in common is that it's people who are interested in. It's a bit of a, a double-edged sword for me because I don't necessarily want to label it as a self-help book, but I, I realise that it kind of is because it's very practical and it's about how to improve your life. So obviously, it is a self-help book, and I think that's quite a big segment of my readership is, is people who read self-help books and who kind of want to know, okay, this is a new thing. What's in it for me? How can I make the most of it? Is this my thing? You know, and they might have already tried a couple of other lifestyle trends. And and now they're willing to try this one. So I would say that that's definitely in this kind of pop psychology vein, you know, that's one segment. But then I've also been contacted by quite a lot of athletes and and people who are professionals at a high level in business and, and in sports and who are kind of looking to milk their performance for, for just that bit more that, you know, those extra seconds or something and and thinking that, well, maybe this mindset is something that I could get into. So Did you have
1: any tips for those people in business who contacted you?
0: Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I have some stuff in my book, which I think kind of explains how how Finns use CISO in, uh, in, in business life and in negotiations and so on. So I was kind of referring them to that. Hmm. But basically, it's just, you know, our culture is a very straightforward one. And it's a very much uh, sort of a, we like to do things more than we like to speak. And I think that's something that's useful to know as well if, if you're trying to create a business deal with a fin. <laughs> also, otherwise, I think uh, in business, CISO is really applicable because it can, it can give you that sort of extra push to be clear and concise about your message and, and also to not give up at the first sign of trouble or resistance, basically, from, from, from the other partner.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it kind of reminded me of Stoicism, some of the ideas yeah. in the book.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it does it does sort of ring true for that as well. Yeah.
1: Mm. Where can people find you online, Joanna, or your book?
0: Well, they can find my book uh, It's probably more easy than to find me. Well, I'm on Instagram. It's my my uh, name there is a bit of a mouthful, but I think if you just if you just uh, type in Joanna in Ireland, you should be able to to find me. It's my tag is Joanna Ulfstotter, which is my patronymic. But uh, you can find my book on Amazon. You can find it in most bookshops in Ireland as well. And just in different different online bookshops, and I also have a website that you find also on my Instagram, and I'm on Facebook as well as Joanna Ireland, so you can look me up there.
1: Okay, well it was lovely to talk to you today.
0: Yes, thank you so much. It was really nice to be on your podcast slash interview.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- thanks again, Joanna. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearidertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.